Welcome back to the You're Hired podcast, brought to you by the Bastion Family Center for Career Success at Knox College. My name is Laura Lee. My name is Madison. And today's topic is on entrepreneurship. We are joined by the owners of Cornucopia, a local organic produce store. So the first thing we have is just, um, can you guys tell us a little bit about your background um, and how you got into like the business? We opened the store in 1989. Um, having moved to Galesburg and uh, not being able to find, being vegetarian and not really being able to find anything at that time. The grocery stores didn't really have what we needed. We had a family of four children and uh, it was just uh, was something that was interested and I felt there was a need in the community. So that's when we opened, 1989. Um, my background before that um, went to Grinnell. Um, another ACM school, <laughs> um, and worked as a teacher for a while, and then um, uh, had children. My husband worked in the school district, and um, been going in the store since 1989, so been growing. Go ahead. Oh, well, this is my mom, so I was like two and a half when we opened the store, so I did a lot of growing up at the Cornucopia, and hanging out in the kids area and behind the counter and taking off sale tags and stuff like that. Um, and then I worked all through high school and on and off when I was in college on home during breaks. And then I left for a while and lived out in California and then was gradually spending more and more time over here. Um, we moved to our current location in 2018 and it's much Big, it's bigger and more spacious, and you know, things have gotten more busier. Work. Yeah, <laughs> more, more work. work. So um, basically, when COVID hit, I decided to. I'd already decided. Okay, let's see. So a year and a half ago, yeah, I decided yeah. to move back to Galesburg, and I bought a house here, and kind of commit more fully to the family business. That's really cool. I know something that you mentioned earlier was like not having those ve- or vegetarian options and stuff like that. And I know talking to Laura Lee, I was always like curious because your store has a lot of like products and things that I can't find in other stores that are like really good and like healthy. And I think that's awesome to have, especially when it's harder to find things like whether it's like natural or just overall trying to find like healthier options, especially in a place like Galesburg, like fast foods like that. I forget what street it is. Like it's just like a strip of just every greasy fat food you can get, but you can't find, hey, what is going to help me for if I'm trying to do a diet or if I'm trying to just eat healthier and just do things in a healthier manner. So my question for you is, in what ways has your business impacted the community? Um, Well, I can take that one. I think, you know, we're obviously a resource for people to have places to buy organic food, Um, especially Mm -hmm. back, you know, 25 years ago, you couldn't get organic food really anywhere else. Now it's a little more widespread, which is great. so a place to get organic food, things if people are on special diets. I mean, similar thing with gluten-free. If you were intolerant to gluten 20 years ago, like there was nowhere else you could get gluten-free bread. And the gluten-free bread was terrible then. But um, so just like being a place to have a lot of options so people can explore if they want to try eliminating meat from their diet or eliminating dairy from their diet or trying out keto or whatever it is. 
Um, and then I think we've also like, been, it's been a good draw for our community that people want to move to a town where there's a store where they can buy the foods they're used to, especially if they're coming from a big city and they're used to eating healthy, organic food. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're deciding, should I move to Galesburg or not? Once they see that there's a good health food store there, it kind of encourages them to move here. I know personally, like I wouldn't move to a town that didn't have a good health food store within a 20 mile radius. Yeah. And we're too small of a community for the you know the big chains to come in. Yeah. We're going to come to Galesburg, you know, so <laughs> yeah, so we try to provide an, an alternative. Um, what was it like to start a business in such a small community like Galesburg? It was a big step. I mean, um, we worked uh, for uh, three, four years without taking any pay at all. Um, because they're just, you know, it's, it was difficult. We were in a little tiny store. It was, uh, I think, I don't want to say 400 square feet was our first store uh, further uh, north on Seminary Street. And um, very few people knew what we were about. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's just taken time to grow. And I think the whole, um, I mean, the whole world, basically, but definitely the whole country is more aware of healthier choices. But um, it's... It's been slow in coming, you know, but gradually we expanded and expanded and expanded, and then we made this big step to come up here, which really helped us with visibility. Uh, people who've lived here all their lives said, well, I didn't know you were in town. How long have you been here? We're like, well, 32 years. No, they so. actually said, well, it's about time Galesburg had a store like this. Right. And we're like, so, well, yeah, 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it just is very, very slow. It was slow growth, but... Um, it was good. I mean, it's been slow growth the whole time. So that's good. I think that's awesome, too, because I feel as though like a lot of the, you know, the business majors or like the students and overall just people wanting to start their own business, trying to find like their own niche and their own thing to have and their own business to grow. And sometimes it can be very scary, especially if you're the only well, I'm not sure for a fact if you're the only type of store in Galesburg, but all the things that you provide and how you um, run your business and how successful it is, it can be very scary for people in the beginning to want to do something so different from what the their customers or the people in their community are used to. So I believe, has this, how your business is run, is it by like your mission like what is your mission statement and how does it apply to your business oh well you know we wrote a mission statement down about a year ago and i (laughs) don't necessarily have it memorized um but it was something about providing healthy food options for our community food and lifestyle options so cleaning supplies natural body care eco-friendly um paper products herbs and supplements for natural healing, and then all the food things, and having an emphasis on having foods from around the world and those hard to find foods, and uh, also being able to provide them at prices that make them accessible to different people. And also we feel part of our mission is to vet things so that you're not gonna have to come in and read labels to make sure there's not artificial preservatives or colors, things like that. They're just, you're not gonna find them. So you know when you come in, that stuff's already done for you, mm-hmm. which is not true anywhere else, really. So. Oh, and I did want to uh, 
bring up that like eight years ago, we joined the Independent Natural Food Retailer Association, which is a nationwide organization of independent health food stores um, that have kind of banded together. So we have collective buying power and we support each other by visiting other stores and giving them feedback or there's workshop opportunities. And we basically are able to collectively negotiate better prices so we can have um, like competitive prices with maybe all the on our sale products, you know, like just all of our products too, but some of the sale prices are really great. And then we've been able to get much better pricing on all of the products, um, which I think has really helped uh, dispel the notion that like shopping healthy has to be really expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a good answer. Thank you. I know it kind of might have been hard that you didn't like your own riser, but you don't have to. <laughs> but um, I like I think it's pretty obvious that you both like care a lot about like what you do in your business. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk about how like you go about like creating something that you really care about and that you like will like spend like your whole life working on um, and like not like hating it. <laughs> I mean, I work really hard, um, but I still love what I do. I'm 68. I've uh, been doing this since I was 36. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I like the environment that we have here. I like the way we treat our employees. I like the community aspect of just how we work together. I love helping people. Um, that gives me a lot of satisfaction, trying to find things that people need, that, um, trying to research things for people, uh, trying to research new products. Um, I wouldn't be doing it still if I didn't enjoy it every day, even though it's a lot of hard work. Did that answer your question, sort of? Yeah, and I would say we have a really good, like, family vibe of the coworkers, you know? We all kind of look out for each other and get along well and support each other. And, you know, it makes it, like, an easy place to work because your shifts go by fast. People are pretty cheery. Generally, the customers are friendly and grateful you know once in a while they're not of course but um so that really helps just kind of move things along and then like personally for me that was a concern coming back here that I was going to let cornucopia take over my life and I was going to try to avoid that so um I have like another really big project of this house I'm working on so it's like I have to it gives me something else to put energy into so I'm not just spending all my time here I know um, in the previous podcast, me and Laura Lee were talking about how you can be very passionate or very interested in something, and sometimes you can kind of lose that passion or that fire to continue to do whatever you're doing, whether it's like your hobby or work, but I believe in the aspect of like um, your career and stuff, having like a positive work environment and a good work ethic helps like counterbalance that possibly like losing that determination and that passion. So my question for y'all is what is your typical work day like? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we do have a good amount of variation because like some days we have like big catering things that take a lot of energy or uh buffet yeah mondays are crazy because we have the indian lunch buffet and we get our big delivery of our our goods you know um but i would say like i don't know if there's like a typical flow to the work day but um you know there's some amount of time for me at least spent on computer things you know checking 
catching up on emails, entering products, stuff like that. And then there's some amount of time spent helping customers, you know, working at the register, helping customers, making people's lunches sometimes. And then there's also time, like this morning, I rearranged the cleaning supply area and working in new products or researching new products, um, processing and putting away orders, placing orders. Talking to salespeople on the yeah. phone or in person. Yeah. <laughs> um, constantly, we're getting phone calls from people trying to show us new products, um, which is good. You know, it's something that's important. Supervising people, <laughs> keeping people busy in a you know, good way. I believe y'all also catered for Flunk Day. We did. That's a little crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the food, I'm telling you, the food was so good to get something different. Flavor. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, we're not really equipped to do 300 meals or 500. It to be 500. 500 meals in how many hours? I don't like know. three hours. Yeah. yeah. But we did it. <laughs> I made it work. I'm like, can I get seconds, thirds, leftovers? It was so good. <laughs> yeah. As we were learning from Susan, entrepreneurship is an incredible way to both fulfill your own passion and make a local impact. Our podcast, sponsored by Haven, is a place where you can connect with students who share your interests and goals. If you want to learn more about how you can be supported in your entrepreneurial journey, head to www.joinhaven.com. H A E V N. They have incredible support networks and some really beneficial programming coming up on campus. Um, kind of going back to the question that Madison asked previously, um, what what's your guys' favorite part about working there and owning the business? I, like I said, I really do like to be able to help someone with an issue they're having. Um, and it could be some special food they're looking for, something as simple as some gourmet item that we might be able to get, given that it meets our criteria. Um, I like working with our staff. I think we have a great staff, and that's it makes me feel happy. We uh, we had a gathering for somebody that was leaving, and one of our youngest employees, he's 16 years old. People were going around, and he's only been working a short time, saying things about the people that were leaving. And he just said, I just want to say, you know, sometimes I just don't feel like coming to work. And I get here, and everybody's nice to me. And it was just such a sweet comment from this young man. Um, and I really think that's true. People are really nice to each other in terms of the staff and the customers with, you know, 99% of the time. So, yeah, I think that's what I would say. Yeah, it's very satisfying, too, when you like help someone with something, like say they're like looking for a supplement and then they come back and they're like, oh my gosh, this works so well. Yes. And you're like, oh, yes. that's cool. You know, like getting that feedback from customers um, when things went well for them. Yeah, and I have customers who will, will say to me, you know, you helped me so much when my little one was this or that. It just, that might've been 20 years ago and it's like, Wow, this is this is great. <laughs> well, basically, the real you saved a couple people that had celiac disease. It was before doctors were diagnosing celiac disease, and you diagnosed their children that were really just struggling to survive at a very young age, and you diagnosed them with celiac disease, and then they went gluten free, lucky, yeah. and now they're like feels good. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know, technically, we do not we do don't diagnosis. Tested, tested. So at the Career Center, we're always trying to find, you know, ways to build or bridge the gap between, 
you know, Knox students and the Galesburg community, is there, are students from Knox able to do community service with Cornucopia or work or just do little things with y'all? Well, it, it, I mean, we're not a nonprofit, so it doesn't seem appropriate uh, to have mm-hmm. someone, you know what I mean, work for, I mean, we are a business, so, um, but yeah. we, we've always had Knox students working for us and, um, do you know what I mean about communities? It just doesn't seem like community service should be yeah. under a nonprofit mm-hmm. in my mind. I'm happy to put someone to work for free. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, we usually have like one to three Knox students. Um, or graduates. Or yeah. postbacs or graduates. Um, right now we have two graduates and one student. One student. Two, um, two, two, two students, students and two graduates. Um, so that's been nice, and we're always very flexible around people's schedules. If they're going to be gone for the long break, or they're going to be gone for the summers, or they're really slammed during finals. Um, and then, you know, we get a good amount of Knox students shopping here more than we used to down the block, even though it's only like a half block away. Um, and I think buffet has been popular, and definitely we get a lot of international students looking for some flavors that they're used to, um, or some ingredients that they're used to for making special things. Um, what advice would you give students who are maybe looking to start like their own business in the future? Expect not to get paid for years. And what is it like 80% of small businesses don't make it through five years? Like I've had so many friends throughout the years be like, we should start a business. So I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, I do not want to start a small business with you. Well, you really have to have a, a backup income of some kind, whether you are wealthy to begin with, or in my case, my spouse was working, had a good job, because um, we couldn't have done it otherwise. You can't, you can't expect to be taking money out right away. You just, you can't, I mean, you just, just it was a given. We've been working for free for a while. <laughs> yeah, just realistic expectations, knowing what, just doing a lot of planning and knowing what your customer base is going to be and stuff. Because I've heard a lot of people have harebrained ideas of businesses they want to start and not realizing how much work is going to have to go into it like it sounds it is fun to be your own boss like it's not fun to have a boss sometimes but sometimes it is nice to have a boss too and not have to worry about the financial things or the legal things or any of that stuff when you have your own when you have a boss you can just kind of go in do your hours and leave yeah back when we had the bakery there were times when you know i would have to be there at 4 30 in the morning because somebody we had the bakery until we moved here and you know that is, there's, there's no question about it. It had to be done. So I had to do it, period. You know? So yeah, like she said, if you're not the boss, you don't have to worry about that. So you have to make a commitment and believe in what you're doing. A little bit similar to what Laura Lee asked. I know COVID has changed a, like for business a lot, how they do different things, whether it's um, especially for like the buffet and stuff like that. How has COVID changed um, how you um, organize and do things with your business. Well, I mean, the buffet used to be you just you get what you wanted. You would just serve yourself, for example. You know, you know so all those precautions that they're taking everywhere we've taken. But in general, um, and of course, a lot more cleaning, and especially in the beginning when people didn't understand how the transmission occurred. But in general, um, we've seen an increase in our business since COVID. And particularly, my the thing that I was most uh, noticed the most was 
the sales of our organic produce went way up uh, once COVID hit hard. And I think part of it was that people were just more afraid to go to the regular grocery store because we are never very busy and we have lots of air movement and all that kind of stuff. But also I think people started thinking about their health more. And so we didn't suffer from COVID in terms of that. We just had to take precautions. And we had an incredible staff who, um, who worked through it and took the precautions and were careful and brave. So, yeah. Um, and we got rid of the bulk bins. Yeah, we got rid of the bulk bins. <laughs> we got rid of the olive bar. We changed how we were doing the buffet. We closed our seating area. I mean, we did all those things that, but now we're all happy that we can have a more relaxed work environment again and not have to wear face masks and not have to enforce mask policy because that was getting a little tiresome. Um, and that's like the most angry customers yeah. we ever had to deal with was having to talk to people about, hey, we need to wear face masks, like it's, it's the state yeah. mandate and just like people getting so upset. like. One of our coworkers said someone throw a smudge stick at her. <laughs> threw something at her. Like, yeah, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, we're pretty happy that it was it got a little slow. Like I was last summer, we were considering if we were going to have to get rid of lunch buffet. Yes. Because things yes. got so slow. We were, we did fourteen buffets one week. Yes. I think, and we're like, oh no, like just people were right. still kind of scared about eating out, and it was hot out, and it was only outdoor dining, so it was, you know. Um, yeah, so no, some things like that, it, but we kind of kept we going. persevered. <laughs> yeah, made it through. Yeah. If you could go back in time and give yourself advice, especially around the time where you started to um, build your business, what would be some advice you would give yourself? My advice would be that. <laughs> well. Hannah takes more time for herself than I ever did. And I should have done that. You know, I should have done that more, period. Um, I just felt like I couldn't, but I could. So, I mean, there's work hard, but there's also save some time for yourself. Um, and so between raising four kids and being here, um, you know, it's many, many busy years. and. Somehow I'm working even as more than I did then. <laughs> I don't have the children at home, but um, but anyway. But I appreciate the fact that she's still able to take time for herself, and I think that's an important thing to do. Yeah. What's your thought? Even um, though you could be here a little bit more sometimes, I know. but <laughs> <laughs> the summertime got yeah. very busy. Um, I'm about to go on a canoe trip for like a week. Uh, well, since I didn't really start the business, I don't have any. Uh, yeah. She was baking when she was seven, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. But it was really great life skills. You know, I look at my friends, and I'm like, gosh, they're such inefficient workers. And I was like, oh, I'm just <laughs> such an efficient worker because I was like churning out like batches of 50 cookies when I was a child. Little. <laughs> because she wanted to, not because she was forced yeah, to. It wasn't forced to. Also, my other thing, I know I'm talking a lot now, but something that I've always wondered what was better, especially for the people who will be seniors and our graduates who just graduated um, this academic school year, is it better to have a lot of 
skills or overall having the experience for, you know, your career field and what you're doing? And that's a really difficult question because you're starting a business. I mean, businesses can be, you know, anything from being an IT consultant to doing woodwork, you know, things like that, which need lots and lots of skills before you could be successful. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I don't, I don't really know there's a way to answer that. Skills or experience? Yeah. Well, you know, they kind of go hand in hand too, because like you gain skills through experience. I guess I feel like experience is more important personally because like you can learn as much as you want in a like, controlled setting but then when you're like in the real world it might not be as applicable as it was and I actually worked I worked at a an independent health food store in San Francisco as a grocery buyer for a year and I feel like I learned a lot of skills that then we implemented here that's also how we found out about the independent retailers association um but I also already had a lot of experience. And you also saw things that didn't work oh, for yeah. them. They also, <laughs> so yeah. How do you network and build connections with different people within your business? Because I know how you were saying, I forget the name of it, but the association that you're connected to and meeting other people with similar businesses. I know sometimes things can turn into a competition, but how do you keep it? in like a healthy level where it's like, I'm still able to network and connect and do different things and create opportunities. Well, this organization, um, uh, they maintain a, a listserv, which is very helpful because people pose questions of each other. Like, what do you do in this situation? They've been situations like people who won't mask to where do you buy recycled paper bags, you know, and they're from people from all over the country. So that's really nice to get that input. And we have a convention, except it was just virtual last year and this year, but works convention with workshops and things like that to learn about uh, not just products, but just movements and things like that. It could be on non-GMO. Yeah, or regenerative farming or just all kinds of things like that. Um, it, within our staff, we have like a, we call it a manager's meeting, but we do meet regularly to discuss issues and we sort of build an agenda ahead of time so we can talk about things and sometimes they're, customer complaints or procedures that aren't working so well, or, you know, maybe an issue with an employee that's whatever. And so we try to communicate that way. Um, we have a weekly uh, email to staff. Um, I mean, one thing that I know both of us like to do is go visit other health food stores too, um, when we're visiting other cities and health food stores or vegetarian cafes, that sort of thing, and look at their menus and, look at their products that they're selling and, oh, this is interesting. I wonder where they get that from. And sometimes talk to the proprietor. Um, yeah. And members of our organization are amazing to each other, with each other. Um, yeah. They just are. They're just so open to share, which has been wonderful, wonderful. Because we sort of felt like we were on an island until we joined this group, really, literally. We, it's just been an amazing experience. And then we're working on doing more networking with local farms and getting more local produce in. We just started a collaboration with the Monmouth College Educational Farm. And we've been getting the best blueberries ever. They're like the size of an eyeball. They're huge. Um, and that's been cool to see that starting to happen. And just like the customers have been so receptive, like we're just selling out of them in a day. 
um, yeah, local. Yeah, and yeah, we have local eggs. Just kind of working on building those local food connections. Um, and this area, upon that. yeah, this area doesn't have a lot like some other states do, but it's, you know we're finding more mainly through Hanna's efforts more than we realized that we're here. So and again, I think more people are producing. Yes, too. yes, yes. The more people are producing. Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, it was really great to talk to you guys. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Soon. You're welcome. Hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening to the You're Hired podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's topic. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. We here at the You're Hired podcast are on a mission to provide actionable steps that move you closer to your dream job. Our partner and podcast sponsor, Haven, is built to bring you opportunities to develop your skills to light you up. Gain experience that move you forward and build diverse communities that support you. To learn more about paid micro-internships, group discussions, and one-on-one mentoring, go to www.joinhaven.com. That's H-A-E-V-N. The link is in the description, and we hope to take the next step in building your dream career. Thanks for listening.